time of our service where we have communion, and uh, it's a time where we remember Jesus, remember his life, remember his death, remember his sacrifice. Um, and all of a sudden, I'm really nervous before I got up here. So, um, sorry, bro, where were you? It's your Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm nervous because I wasn't nervous, but then as I was sitting there thinking about how what I was going to say in the beginning, I started crying. And, oh, all right. It's all right. And then I'm like, oh, I'm just going to lose it. So, all right. Um, <laughs> last year, my, my daughter's an artist, and, uh, you know, she's going to SU for art education, and she um, contacted me last year. Asked, well, she, I think she put a, a painting up on Instagram or something. It was of my mom. Mm. And my mom died a, a number of years ago. Um, she was, oh, that was my mom. Um, she was diagnosed with um, Alzheimer's by one person, with Lewy body, dementia by another person. Um, and it wasn't a good way to go out for her. And so um, this painting brought, you know, was emotional for me. And, and Melissa, my daughter, said, it's not done, Dad. And so, um, a few weeks went by, and she sent me the, the done version, the, the finished version. And before I even show it to you, I did not, I did not like. My mom's persistent. Um, before, be, you know, before I show it to you, I'll, I'll, I'm going to admit I did not like it. I, I hated it, honestly. I didn't understand it. And this is the the painting she did. Right here. And it was for a class. I'm shaking. Because I'm like, um, and I, I didn't understand it. I'm like, Melissa, I don't, I don't get it. What, what is it? And she said, um, Dad, I was trying to express what Grandma went through before she died. And underneath this painting is my mom, a beautiful painting of my mom that she originally did. And then she clouded it over with white. And, Brent, and Melissa explained this to me, that that was as the dementia was coming on her and clouding over her mind. And then she put bars across the painting, um, saying that was how Grandma felt, like she was in prison. She was trapped. She could not break free of this. And then she took squares away from the painting, and she said that symbolizes the parts of Grandma that were taken from her because of this disease. And I, man, I sobbed when she sent me that explanation. Um, this is not pretty, right? It's not a, a work of art that you would say. I, yeah, I want to put this in my living room. I, it's, it's hard for me to look at, but. It, it's so moving and meaningful to me. And it makes me remember something that was so difficult. That was, it's, it's unexplainable. It's an impossible situation with impossible life choices that had to be made. And it's not easy to think about. And I, I share that with you this morning because for communion, I wanted to go back 2,000 years before Christ and look at Genesis 22. And we're going to look at a story that honestly is ugly. A story that is an impossible situation with no easy answer. 
And that's in Genesis 22, where Abraham is asked by God to sacrifice his son, Isaac. And, And this story, Genesis 22, has always caused me issues. For 30-something years as a Christian, every time I get to Genesis 22, I'm like, I don't know what to do with this, because this doesn't make any sense to me. And where this communion came from is is last year, Steve Schock did a lesson, and he talked about, let me find my notes, he talked about, and he just shared John 1.29 in the lesson, and he, where, that's where John the Baptist says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, talking about Jesus. And the next day, I'm like, let me let me study that out. you know. So I went in my Bible, and I, and I looked up all the references to Lamb. And there's a whole bunch. There's like a lot of references to Lamb. 35 matches, 29, which are in the book of Revelation. But there was one lone one way back in Genesis 22. And I'm like, I turned my Bible there and I looked at it. And it's in verse 8. It says, Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And and I I read that and I thought, wow, that's that's like Jesus. Like that, that reminds me of Jesus. God provided Jesus as a lamb, as a sacrifice for us because of our sins. And I was like, wow, that kind of hit me. Wow, that's... Interesting. And then I thought, well, let me let me read Genesis 22 again and see if, if there's anything else like that's similar or interesting about that in Jesus. So in verse 1, it says, Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to Abraham, here, um, I'm sorry. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, Abraham replied. Then God said, Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. And immediately I'm triggered. I'm starting to have issues already reading this. I don't understand it. Like this painting of my mom, I don't understand it. But I looked at this and I thought about it. God says, take your son, your only son, whom you love. And I looked up that Hebrew word for love, and I was surprised that word does not occur in the Bible until Genesis 22. Love is not mentioned for 21 chapters. And I thought it was a mistake. I was like, what? That Obviously, that is wrong. The internet is wrong. And I went back, and I couldn't find that word. I'm like, interesting. So I, I made a, a note of that. Um, God refers to Isaac as his only son. Abraham, I mean, yeah, as Isaac is only son. Abraham had another son, Ishmael. But God said, Isaac, your only son. So that's interesting, too. Maybe the son of promise, because um, Isaac was the son that God gave Abraham to extend the line and, and all the descendants. Um, But there's some other places that stuck out to me about the only son reference. John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That's a similarity. 
Matthew 3.17, Mark 1.1, Luke 3.22, all scriptures describing the same moment where God says about Jesus at his baptism, this is my son whom I love. So, it, so immediately, you know, in the, in the Bible there's this thing called foreshadowing, where something is foreshadowing something that's going to come. And a lot of times when we find it, you're like, whoa, this, this must be written by God, because this is foreshadowing something 2,000 years from now. Well, that's what's happening here. This is a foreshadowing of Jesus, God giving Jesus, who he loved, sending him to earth and being sacrificed for us. He sends him to Mount Moriah, or he sends him to the region of Moriah. Now, this is the second thing I looked up, Moriah. In 2 Chronicles chapter 3, it says Solomon built Jerusalem on Mount Moriah. I never knew that. And I'm like, wait a second. That is Out of all the Middle East, are you saying that God sent Abraham to sacrifice Isaac the exact same place where Jesus was put on trial, where Jesus was crucified? To me, that just blew my mind because I had never known that for 30 years as a Christian. I'm like, that is a weird coincidence. <laughs> you know, or was it a coincidence? Uh, and again, I'm not, while I'm going through this, this is not a, a package like communion or lesson or whatever that, that all makes sense. I'm not saying it does. I'm not going to try to make sense of it. But I'm, I'm going to try to convey what I got from reading this and looking at it. Um, verse 5, or actually verse 3. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. He took, his, he took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. So it must have been a high peak, a high mountain. And it's interesting because the highest mountain in that area, the area of Moriah, was the Mount of Olives. Mm. 2,000 years later, that would be Gethsemane, wow. and where Jesus prayed at the base there. And, and, and some, a lot of people believe that's where Jesus was crucified. Golgotha, maybe part of the Mount of Olives. Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire in the knife. I read that and I thought, that's strange because they made Jesus carry his own cross. And here Abraham's making Isaac carry the wood that he was going to be sacrificed on and burned alive on. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac, laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. 
Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Or that word can also mean young man. <clears throat> do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in a the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to that day, and to this day, it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. Another interesting thing that blew my mind, he didn't, you know, God provided the ram. He didn't have to sacrifice his son Isaac. I would have called the place the Lord provided. I would maybe call the place the Lord provides. What's he call the place? The Lord will provide. Future. Future tense. Isn't that interesting? Like, mind-blowing? Like, the Lord will provide later. I just That just blew my mind. 2,000 years later, to be exact. Now, the thing, I, I you know, I shared this picture with you. The pain, the confusion, everything involved with this picture... This story brings up those same feelings for me. I'm confused. If, if we saw this narrative on TV, we would say, this is messed up. Don't kill your son. This is crazy. This person's not. If, if your best friend was having coffee with you and said, God's telling me I need to kill my kid, what would you say? What would you do? You'd probably call the police immediately afterwards. It, the story is... Crazy. The story is painful. The story makes us confused and, and mad. Righteous indignation. And as I was sitting at my kitchen table thinking about this, all of a sudden it hit me. I'm like, I have all these feelings. Where are these feelings when it comes to Christ? Where are these feelings when I think about God having to, in this impossible situation where he has to sacrifice his own son for me, he has to make that hard choice. Where are those feelings? How mad am I that that had to happen? How sad am I that that had to happen? And I started crying at my kitchen table. Because I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't feel close to the righteous indignation I have about Genesis 22. But maybe I should. Maybe I should feel that way about Jesus and his sacrifice for me. And I think, I can't explain Genesis 22, honestly. I don't know why. By the way, I didn't mention this, but there's nine other scriptures in the Bible where God condemns child sacrifice. He condemns it. So it makes no sense. God's totally against it. He says he's against every religion. The other religions, godless religions, practiced it. He said it's evil. And not, but he, he, he says for Abraham to do it here. It doesn't make sense. And I started thinking, what's the purpose of the story? What's the purpose of this? Melissa wanted people to know the pain that my mom went through. Melissa wanted to share that. I think God, 2,000 years before Christ died on the cross, wanted to share the pain with us, the people that would read it 
4,000 years later in the Bible and say, feel the pain of what this means. You're not going to understand it, but feel the pain. Let it hit your heart. Let it move you so you can be a changed person and respond. And that's what we're thinking about this morning as we take communion. The pain that happened for Jesus on the cross, but also his Father, God, because I don't think it was painless for him, honestly. So let's pray for the, the bread and the juice. Father, this was a hard thing to talk about um, with my mom, with Genesis 22, with Abraham and Isaac. It was a hard thing to talk about with you and, and Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross, Father. We, don't, we can't understand it. We don't understand it. But it, I pray that it, it, we feel it, Father. Regardless of trying to figure out and put it into a, a nice package that makes sense, God, I pray that we feel feel the emotions and the pain and the hurt and the even the confusion, Father. And we know that Jesus went through that willingly for us. A lot like Isaac followed his, his father and, and let him be, himself be bound by his father. When he didn't understand, he didn't know what was going on. God, I, I pray that we feel those emotions and we're just so thankful, Father. We're so moved by that, that we don't forget it, Father. I pray we always remember that, even as we leave this room today, even as we go back to our jobs tomorrow, as even as we live our life, Father. And I think that's why you've given us communion every week, so that we remember every week that moment, Father. And we, we can be so thankful for it, Father. Um, we are grateful, Father, as painful and as, as bad as it, it is to feel, Father, we are thankful because we know that is the act that has saved our lives. We're thank you, thankful for your grace, Father, for being willing to sacrifice your son. We're thankful for Jesus, for, go, for being willing also, God. And you both loved us so much, God, and we're thankful for that, God. I pray we take the bread and we remember this morning, I, I pray we take the juice and remember and do not run from these emotions and feelings, uh, but face them with remembrance and gratitude. Amen. Amen.